This is To The West and Back, a podcast that explores and unpacks the stories of passionate creatives who inspire us. We'll feature artists, photographers, filmmakers, musicians, writers, and just all around cool people. Everyone's got a cool journey that we can learn from, and it's our goal to provide a platform for them to share their experiences. Follow us on our journey as we talk to those who influence and inspire us with their endeavors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to season two of To the West and Back. I am super excited for the season. I have some great guests lined up and uh, super excited for everybody. <coughs> oh, uh, another piece of news. Uh, I have a co-host now, so that's exciting. Wait, wait, wait. Who is it? It's a, it's a pretty cool guy. It's a, His name is Nick Smith. He doesn't sound very cool to me. I think he's pretty cool. Uh, I might just have to take your word for it. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the big news of the season, everybody. Got a co-host now, so this is going to be fun. And we are still going to have uh, people on the podcast all the time. And we'll also do some We're solo people. episodes. We, we are people. We are people. That is true. Yeah. So we'll have two people, and then we'll have three people, <laughs> or four people. And it'll be crazy. Yes, it will be crazy. I just got to say I'm super excited to be here. I realized earlier we've been friends for a whopping four years now. Dang, that is crazy. Which is like kind of a long time. I know, that's pretty good. Or at least, I don't know, feels like it to me being friends with you in four years. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's really long. <laughs> Just kidding. But I got to say, continually impressed and inspired by everything that you do because you oh, do a lot. You do a lot of things. I appreciate it. We're going to talk about those lot of things. I know. I'm nervous. Just I'm, I'm being interviewed today, so <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be different for me. Yeah, yeah. It will be different because you are usually not on this side of it, right? I'm not. Okay. So, like you said, this is now season two to the Western back. On season one, you had some really awesome, interesting guests, including myself. You were, you were the last episode. I was the last episode. The last you episode just, of the season. And then I was like, oh, you know what, Nick? You know, he has to be on the podcast. So I just can't go on without I can't him. go on without Nick. Um, one of the things I noticed, though, is that through that whole first season, we never got to know you. I know. Yeah. Like I, you gave a little intro clip in the beginning, but it was kind of just like, here's why I started the podcast. But we don't know your story. Who is Alan Shago? I don't know. Or as I affectionately <laughs> refer to him as. Shag Daddy yes, or that, Shag for sure. That is a good nickname. It is. So you're cool with being interviewed? I am. I'm ready. I Are you sure? I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I don't know the questions, so I have no idea. He has not <laughs> told me the questions, so I'm excited. Cool. Um, well, in true Nick Smith fashion, I have an entire intro ready to go for this exact moment. Perfect. Are you ready? Yes, I am. I am okay. ready. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> wow, I'm sweating. Okay. When you think of a freelance photographer, videographer, content creator, beer connoisseur, free spirit kind of guy, you probably picture someone who has facial hair, works in a rustic industrial studio in a somewhat sketchy area, and someone who loves a good flannel as much as he loves a good documentary. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you that exact person. Our first guest of season two is a freelance creative out of St. Louis. He owns and operates Shago Studios and holds contracts with various entities acting as, I'm going to call you, their creative content producer. I like that. You like that? I do. He also hosts a pretty cool podcast called To the Western Back and has an okay co-host. So here to tell us about the journey of finding his passion and starting a business, Mr. Alan Shago. Welcome to 
your own podcast. Dang, what an intro, man. I'm like blushing over here. That was good. That was good. I like that. I want to use that in the future for like a like a business card or something like that. Just like that, that whole thing. Yeah, that whole Just thing. Just written out on it's a like business a big, card. It's like a big piece of paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. So I thought we could get started by you just telling me a summary of all that you do because it's quite a list. Most people know you as a wedding photographer, but I know that you do a whole lot more than that. Um, maybe not quite as publicly as you do wedding photography. So tell me everything you do. Give me your elevator pitch. Walk down this resume for me for a nice, minute. Nice. So yeah, I have Shago Studios. So that's just uh, photo and video content production, basically. And like you said, I do a lot of wedding films mm -hmm. and photography. But then I also work with an awesome company here in St. Louis called Route 3 Films, who specializes in school and nonprofit and small business films. So we get to produce a lot of content through them, um, which is really fun. And then I'm also starting to get into some product photography right now. So I'm working with a cool brewery down in Festus called Main and Mill. So beers. Go check them out. We and love beers. I still work with Illinois College doing video content for them. So it's nice to kind of have a lot of different things going on. Yeah. Cool. Dang. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a lot. Definitely stay busy. Yeah. So <laughs> why do you even do a podcast? You sound like you're busy enough. I don't know. The podcast is fun. It's like, a, it's a way to talk to people. I feel like I, that's something I like lack on social media, a little, social media a little bit is me kind of talking about like who I am, even mm -hmm. though I definitely didn't do it um, very much on the first season. It was still like kind of like a, a way for people to like to listen to the people that I've kind of met over the past few years doing this cool thing. So it's kind of, I always love to listen to people's stories because I feel like you can learn a lot from their journeys. Oh yeah, for sure. And as a photographer, videographer, you know, I mean, you, I mean, we're the same. Yeah. We like to tell other people's stories. Yeah. yeah I, I'm very good at telling other people's stories, but not necessarily my own story. Well, we're going to work on that today, I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good episode. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good. So take me back to the very beginning. Like when you were born, what day, what time? Nice. February 9th. Just kidding. 1996. <laughs> oh, wow. You're <laughs> a young. A cold day. Just kidding. You're a whole like 15, 17 days older than me. I know. Yeah. You're like old. We're going to be 25. <laughs> oh, which is, God. I just ruined the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. That's horrible. Okay. So maybe not the beginning of life, the be but the beginning of finding your passions. You were inspired by your dad, right? Yep. So yeah, my dad had a photography business back in the day when it was film photography. So it was a little bit more difficult than what Ooh, we do now. He's so, not so young. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he uh, kind of got me into photography. I took some photos in high school um, at our high school events and things like that. And then in college, um, I met a lot of cool creative people. Um, Wes Hurtling, who was on season one, and Nick, uh, we would always go and, you know, take photos. And I shot some weddings with Nick and that kind of thing. So and I did a lot of work for IC as well, um, events, things like that. That's kind of where I learned how to shoot a lot of that, those kinds of things. Because those are always interesting environments too. You know, it's like uh, events at school that aren't necessarily like the best lighting and oh, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So it really kind of teaches you a lot straight off the bat. So I think I learned a lot from that. And then you know, just started the business when I was in college still, just more doing like portrait work and a little bit of video work here and there. I got to do some a cool video series with Sirius Lip Balm um, based out of Springfield. So they're pretty awesome. But yeah. Yeah. So they just kind of like, I don't know, just met a lot of great people. Yeah, that's cool. I want to kind of unpack on that whole college journey a yes. little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit more than just yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, because that's really where you 
got the idea to actually go into business. You were no longer a hobbyist, but you were someone who's making money to take photos. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like I said, I started doing events and things like that for the, through the marketing department and the college had video content and it was actually made by route three films who I work with now. And I went in and talked to the marketing director, Brian, who I still work with today. And I was like, Hey, who's the, the video content team that makes all the videos for IC? And he gave me his email and his name was Ryan Hanlon. And I sent him an email. I was like, Hey, I mean, I want to, I'm, I'm a photographer, but I'd love to learn how to make videos. So I sent him this really bad GoPro video that I had made. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here's something I've done. Um, and he was, you know, he, he emailed me back pretty, uh, pretty quickly. And we just kind of got a dialogue going. And I would just jump on a phone call with him here and there and be like, hey, like, you know, I have some questions for you. And then I would always be like, hey, do you have any internships? And yeah. then he would be like, well, I've never really done that. It's just kind of me and my mm -hmm. freelance team and that kind of thing. And I kind of just kept asking. I was like, internship? Internship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's finally like, you know what? Yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, come follow us around for a summer. And I learned so much that summer about, you know, like, all of the back end things about, like, you know, talking to clients and setting up shoots and then everything on oh, the yeah. shoots, too. Like, I had no idea how to do any of these video shoots. So I learned so much uh, on those shoots with Jimmy and Ryan and then I got to meet all the editors too. So yeah, now I'm sitting like four feet from Ryan's desk right yeah, now. So yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it's cool. I still get to work with Ryan every day and we always still go on cool, fun shoots together. So yeah. So that's the really the kind of uh, how it all started was just simply sending an email. So. Yeah. So with your own business, Chicago Studios, what do you think it was about college that kind of inspired you to take that leap. I mean, I, I've been on this podcast, so I've already talked about, you know, I owned a photography studio as well during college. And, um, that's kind of what connected us together in the first place. Right. Um, I looked at that time in my life as a period where it was okay for me to take big risks like that, you know, starting a business from scratch because I didn't really have any, you know, financial obligations. I didn't have a family to feed. Yeah. And yeah. whatnot. So I, I mean, what, what was the thing about being that age or was it just like, Hey, I just want to yeah. do this. <laughs> I was like, I just kind of wanted to have that freedom to kind of travel and do fun things. And I was like, well, this could be a cool pathway to, you know, do what I love taking that hobby of photography and turning it into an actual job. So it actually worked out pretty well. But yeah, I think it was just like, I mean, I could, I went to, I went, I moved to, in at home, so I didn't have any rent expenses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it really allowed me to build the business, you know? Um, I think I lived at home for two years and just recently moved out 2020 in August. Yeah. So I think that really helped me to be able to live at home and kind of build that portfolio and build the people that I know to where now it's like I, I moved out and have an apartment and, you know, still meeting new people and new clients and things like that. And things are really rolling along. So I think it was just like, you know, why not? Cause the worst thing that's going to happen is it doesn't work. Right. And then I just get a job at like a cool creative place, Yeah, which nothing wrong with that at all. Right. 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 Yeah. You are literally going down my line of questions right now that awesome. I have for you. Um, because you know, when you're a senior, everyone that you know is out there looking for jobs and doing interviews and you weren't mm -hmm. yeah, it was weird. because you kind of knew what you're going to do. Is that a scary thought? I mean, you, you did have the safety net of being able to live at home, but you know, with the ultimate goal of doing this free, t free time, what on <laughs> earth am I talking time. about doing this full time on your own? So even though you had that safety net, was it scary? Was it weird to like be kind of in a different boat than everyone else. I mean, I gave up my freelance lifestyle and my photography studio to accept a full-time corporate job. 
Yeah. Which again, like you said, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Take the path that you want to take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was that? It was definitely scary. Yeah, because it was like no one else was doing that. That like you know like in our friend group was doing that path. So I didn't mm-hmm. really have anybody to talk to necessarily and be like, like what? Like is this a good idea? You know, it's like you know <laughs> I was like I'm not applying to jobs or anything like that. Because I but I was like still like you know talking to Ryan and being like all right like what is it going to look like when I get out? You know, and like during the summer we're always pretty busy with shoots and something like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like setting that up and being like, all right, well, I think that that's a, a good route to go down, you know, like a good base to start out with. And then mm-hmm. I already had a few weddings booked for that summer as well. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, I think this will actually, you know, be pretty good. And then we were, we graduated in May, 2018. So it's like we had half the year. So that first half of the year was weird, kind of an adjustment phase, you mm-hmm. know, being like, what do I do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. then it's like after that, like, like, you know, 2019, then it was like, all right, like this is kind of rolling, doing video content at IC, shooting weddings and things like that. So, and then 2019, I got the opportunity to shoot my first wedding video in Colorado too. So that was pretty cool. So that was kind of a new line being like, oh, I, I actually like really like wedding videos too. So that was kind of- 2019 was your first one. I'm pretty sure that's right. That doesn't feel that long ago. No, we shot we shot a wedding video together. We, um, yes. But yeah, it was my friend Kate and Trey, and I had done photos and videos for the band Steeples in St. Louis, and then they were part of that community as well. So they were like, hey, would you film our wedding? And I was like, heck yeah. I was like, I do wedding photos, you know? So it's like, it can't Mm -hmm. be, it's not terrible. I mean, it is a lot different, but it's, you know, you still have to frame up the same shots and things like that. And I was like, heck yeah, like that sounds fun. So went out there and shot that wedding video, and I was like, all right, wedding videos are sweet too. So, oh yeah. 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 Wedding videos are really yeah, fun. It just kind of like got on that path of being like, all right, like there's new things coming down, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, even now it's like, there's still new clients coming in, new forms of photography, like with product photography, like we were in here on Saturday mm-hmm. and we were shooting for like product photography for main and mill. So it's like, there's definitely a lot to, it's like a lot of stages, you know, you're like, yeah. kind of like, all right, I've, I've learned this skill and I'm getting pretty good at it. So it's like, well, let's keep doing that, but then let's try to learn something new too, mm-hmm. just so it kind of keeps evolving and the windows kind of keep opening of mm-hmm. opportunity to keep opening. Mm-hmm. Dang. Wow. Look at you. I know. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm actually, uh, I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. Look what happens when you talk about yourself. Know, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's fun. So I have to admit something. I was a little scared for you. Not in the sense of scared that your business wouldn't grow because I knew that it would, but scared that in that first, well, I guess, yeah, first two years or whatever that it took you to be fully, fully full time that you would get discouraged along the way and end up taking a job somewhere else. And I didn't want that for you because yeah. I'm like, if anyone can do this, it's Mr. Shag Daddy. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so what was kind of the tipping point there? You talked about moving home for two years and you just recently moved out. What was the tipping point where you said, okay, I'm, you know, I can be fully independent as my own business owner. I can lose that safety net of living expense free at home. And now you have an apartment and a roommate. You you pay rent and you have to pay rent. Yeah. You have to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. So what what was the journey like getting to that decision of like, okay, I can leave home and I can do this by myself? I think it was just like the like the the business became consistent enough. So everything with you know, route three films and the weddings and things like that. It just kind of became to where I was like, oh, like I'm getting, you know, leads for these things. And mm-hmm. with route three, we're staying really busy with stuff. So I think it became to be like, okay, I, I'm kind of crunching the numbers being like, yeah, I can definitely still make this work and things like that. So I mm-hmm. think it was just like not 
rushing into it, you know, not too soon. Oh yeah. And then they're not waiting too long too. Um, but I think it was just like being like, all right, like the, the money's still consistent, you know, mm-hmm. and like the marketing channels and stuff, people are still, mm-hmm. you know, contacting me for shoots and things like that. So I think it was just being like, wow, okay. I think I have enough clientele built up yeah. to do this full time. Yeah. I feel like patience is key. I mean, you, I, looking back, we're a photographer under your own brand for what, four years before you considered yourself to be full-time independent, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, living at home was great. I mean, I have a great relationship with my parents, mm-hmm. my grandparents, we live on a 400 acre farm down in old oh, Festus. So, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's a lot it's of a, grass it's, a, it's a good, yeah, it's a good <laughs> place to, uh, to kind of, that's kind of where I got my creative start at too. Is like, you know, just taking photos of like the sunsets and things like that. Being like, Oh, this is so cool. And there's mm-hmm. deer everywhere all the time. So it was kind of like a nice little escape haven. You know, I could come to the city and do things and then come back down mm-hmm. to Festus and hang out on the farm, you know, go getting down with Festus. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I like, I mean, I've been out there. Yeah, I like it. It's like very, uh, very relaxing, very calming. It is. And not even really in the grand scheme of things that far from no, like really the city. It's like 40 minutes. Yeah. To like get to like Festus, the actual city, it's like 40 minutes from downtown. Have I been to, oh yeah, I have been to Festus, the actual yeah. city. Get Main and Mill. Main and Mill. <laughs> Please sponsor yeah. us. <laughs> oh my God. We've dropped their names like 50 times yeah. during this. Good beer. Very good beer. Such good beer. So I'm glad you brought that up about being patient because with a lot of people who are trying to be freelance creatives, that's kind of what kills their dream, right? Like I could have been more patient with mine and I, you know, probably would have been successful. Not that I wasn't successful, but I didn't want to wait that long. And I feel like you started at a really good time in your life and had the safety net of living at home and then, I mean, you had stuff lined up already. You knew, you you built relationships along the way. I was lining up things, you know, during senior year to, to kind of get those relationships. So I knew whenever I came out of college, I wasn't like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. like, what, what, what next? You know, it's like I had the Route 3 lined up. I had weddings booked for that summer. And then I uh, had video content at IC kind of mapping that out as well. So it was like I had things. So it's like I had the job. You know, it's like I knew as soon as I was out, I was going to have things to do. Right. So, but yeah. It was uh, definitely it's still a little bit stressful being like, I, because it's, it's hard to tell like what that lifestyle is going to be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with a job, you know, you have set hours and things like that. Right. But with my lifestyle, I was like, what do I do? You know what I mean? You have to be like, so <laughs> you have you to have kind to, of make it. Yeah. You have to be so structured with what you do. You know what I mean? Intentional. Yeah. Cause I mean, if I didn't do anything, then, then nothing, nothing, nothing would get done in the business. You right. know what I mean? So right. it's like, I can kind of get out of it as much as I want to, mm-hmm. you know, how much effort I put into it, how much marketing. And that's the interesting thing too. It's all, I mean, all my weddings and things like that have been pretty much word of mouth marketing. You know, there's yeah, not that's much, crazy. there's not much. I mean, I haven't really got, I think I've gotten a few cold leads, like where it was just like from Google or like they saw a venue photo, mm-hmm. like I had shared my photos and then they contacted me. Yeah. But most of it, it's just people that have been like, you know, yeah, Alan was great at our wedding. Like you should hire him. And then it kind of just keeps going along the line like that. So I love that, which is cool. Cause I get to work with people that I still know and you know, they can, they can yeah. know me as well. Like, so, and I've, yeah, gotten, that's, I, I've gotten to work with a lot of people from IC too, which is really cool that have recently oh, yeah. graduated. So that's so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that all comes back to just cultivating relationships. Like you said, 
I think maybe that should be your job title. Yeah, cult, cultivating relationships. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, relationship maker. Yeah, well, maybe I mean, a little matchmaker. Yeah, I mean that's what that, that's what makes it fun though is like the the people that you meet along the way. Because I mean oh, it, yeah. is, it is just me, right? So you know some days where it's just me at my computer editing photos. So mm-hmm. there's no one to be like, hey, like I mean I can like you know text you a photo and be like, hey, like do you think this is cool? And you'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. But it's not like working with someone on the wedding day and being like, all right, right. Like, we're gonna craft this film together or these photos together and things like that. There's not much. Class collaboration mm-hmm. so it's cool when you get to meet people and then collaborate with them i love that so. yeah that's like kind of the premise of this whole podcast right like yeah yeah all these like, people yeah, that just you've like, met. yeah just meeting cool people and like all of like everyone's got an awesome story you know everybody so that's why i'm excited to like bring the the cool people on on the podcast i think you're one of the cool people though like what well thank you I appreciate you that. had you just lived such a life well thank you i appreciate that you uh, yeah you're, yeah, you're, you're a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I get to meet, I mean, I met a lot of cool people and I think it's, it kind of goes back to, you know, the, the reaching out to route three films, you know what I mean? Just sending that one email. Yeah. I feel like that changed the trajectory of everything that I was doing, you Yeah, know, with just sending that email. And then, I mean, that's how I met a lot of cool people, you know, and you got to like work with some cool bands and like mm-hmm. that, just reaching out being like, Hey, I want to like shoot photos for you or shoot videos and things like that. And it kind of always just works out and, you know, you meet cool people. Yeah. Also see what happens when you try like when you try to make your dream a reality, yeah. like there are so many people. Um, I mean, I've seen this with, you know, social media influencers, for instance. Um, someone that I follow did like a true false one day on their story and someone submitted their thing for them and they were like, oh, you never dreamed you would be an influencer. And she was like, uh, false. I quit my full-time job and I do this for eight hours a day. If I'm putting that much work into it, I better be an influencer. Yeah, I'm gonna, you're going to see like, results. You know, if you're putting all that time, right. you're like really passionate about it. It's something that truly, right. like you're truly passionate about and you're like putting in the work. I mean, it's going to, it's going to break for you. Oh yeah, for sure. So you talked about all the different things that you do. We ran down your resume, right? Yes. What does an average week look like for Shag Daddy Alan Shago? Um, so that's the cool thing about it. It's like no week is the same. So there's, I mean, there's like, I mean, there's weeks where you're in the office more, you're shooting more, but I mean, there's really no week that's the same. It's like, we have different clients throughout three and I have different clients as well, where it's like, you're always on location filming. So you could be in different spots and different places doing interviews and Mm -hmm. college libraries and, um, you know, uh, companies, um, conference rooms and things like that. You know, we've at route three films, we've worked with, uh, like, uh, steel, steel mills, and places like that <laughs> and then like so it's like we were there at like f- i think like 5 a.m to watch the steel making process and then like you Ooh. know like that same week we might be at a college yeah you know interviewing the president of a university so it's so and then saturday you have a wedding yeah and then saturday i have a wedding <laughs> and it's like oh man running around you gotta make sure you like stay on top of all the editing and everything like that yeah. but yeah i think it's just uh i don't know yeah it's cool because you know like i said you can't predict what a week's gonna be which is also hard mm-hmm. so it makes it hard to like kind of uh get onto a consistent schedule as far as like routines and eating habits and things like that. Like you're on the oh, move yeah. a lot. So like yeah. that's the one thing that's hard for me is to kind of figure out, um, you know, prepping meals and things like that and how to like keep them fresh and cold and things like that in my lunchbox. And when it's like 95 degrees in the car in the summer and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. So I think that's like the the interesting part too. But I mean, I love it because you're like, what's, what's coming this week? Or like if yeah. you have a slow week with no shoots, then you're like, all right, I'm going to be in the office and I'm going to get a whole bunch of, uh, you know, emails answered, editing mm-hmm. done and just things like that. So cause yeah. for the most part, I mean, I edit all my own photos. Um, I've had a few people edit a few films like, but 
for the most part, I do all of the editing as well. Yeah. So yeah, every week is completely, completely different. I'm glad, you know, it's like you're reading my questions, nice. which is weird because you haven't seen I have not questions, seen the questions. But I wanted to ask you about balance because you do, like you said, a lot of things and, and keeping on top of things like eating healthy. It has to be really hard, right? It is, it's difficult. Yeah, you got to like figure out ways. And I, I mean, I struggle with it. You know, I still haven't got it perfected by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, just trying to like watch videos and learn. And you know, there's other creatives out there that have input too. So that's the other cool thing is like YouTube is like a great classroom. Yeah. So I've learned many things. Yeah. On YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube is a great. <laughs> but yeah, classroom. The, the balance thing is it's interesting. I, I still try to maintain that balance of like you know from eight a.m. to five p.m. I'm working. And then after that, mm-hmm. I try to kind of cut off and, you know, I'll answer an email here and there if it's, if it's a pressing issue or something like that, or, yeah. you know, maybe edit a few photos I took at the park or at Forest Park or something like that yeah. just for fun. Like that kind of stuff is still super fun for me, but I try to keep that balance. And then all the weekends, I try never to do any work and just kind of relax and go mm-hmm. on hikes or, you know, watch movies and stuff like that. So yeah. I definitely still try to maintain like that balance of like, all right, this is, this is my job. So I mm-hmm. need to like sit, stop at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just enjoy the evening and relax and rewind. Yeah. That's something that even like salaried corporate employees need to learn. Yeah. Because. Yeah. It's such a, yeah. Cause then it's like, I mean, I love photography and I will always right. love it. But like, if you do it so much to where you're like working from 8 a.m. till 10 o'clock at night, then it's yeah. like, all right, I, I am done with photos. You know what I mean? Oh, so, man. Yeah. so you don't want to get to the point where you hate the thing that you love. Right. So speaking of things that you love. You have been to an awful lot of concerts. Yes. And yep. that does that does tie into your career because you do photograph for bands and stuff like that. Yeah. How, do you know how many concerts? I have a rough, rough estimate of it. Um, I had a list for a while, then I got a new phone, and that list got um, lost in that, but... I know, I, know, what it, I know, yeah, but it's gone. It's just don't tell there. your clients that you lost something. I know. It's just uh, it's just the notes. <laughs> I'm every, glad all, it's just the notes. All of, my, all of my photos and everything are literally on like four different hard drives. Oh, like, yeah, that's good. It's that's like good. I have like two hard drives, portable hard drives, one at the office and then one in my apartment. And then I have a master hard drive here that's always like tucked away. So, And then I still have another hard drive at home that has like all the weddings and important finished things that's like in a fire safe box and that's tucked away. So Wow, the, so the, extra the content, secure. The content is uh, spread around and definitely safe. Just that one list. Yes. Just that one list. Okay. So, so what's your rough estimate of concerts? Um, It's over a hundred for sure. Uh, Especially if you're counting the ones that I've shot and photographed and done videos for. Are these big names, small names, everything? Uh, It's like a mixture, you know? Um, I love, I love local bands and Mm -hmm. I love small bands and like small touring bands, you know, that come through places like Blueberry Hill, um, Delmar Hall, The Pageant, even like Off-Broadway and the the Firebird and places like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many cool bands um, at just like little venues and things like that. But yeah, I I love live music and photographing. It's so fun because it's such a, it's pretty difficult, you know, Mm -hmm. especially in those smaller venues. There's not like that, you know, the photographer's pit, you Mm -hmm. know, where you have like the barricade barricade in the space. Like some of those shows you're like trying to like, you're in the crowd. You're like in the crowd, weaving <laughs> your way through and trying to like snap photos and the lighting's Oof. like crazy and always different. So, I mean, I love it. It's so exciting. And Sounds like, like you really like just stressful situations. I kind of do like stressful like <laughs> photo situations because I don't yeah. know. It's like you're like, I have to to get it right. Or you have to like know your settings before you go in to be mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I know this is what I need to do to fix yeah. that problem. Yeah. But yeah, definitely been to a lot of shows. Yeah. Wow. And we at over a hundred and we've only been to what, like three together? Yeah. 
I know. Yeah, I started in high school, started going to shows, and uh, not to like, I guess, junior year. But then, I mean, even when we were at IC in Jacksonville, I would sometimes drive, um, you know, two hours down to St. Louis yeah. on like a school, like a weeknight, and we'd go see a show. You yeah, know, we then, did that. Yeah, and then drive back up and be there <laughs> back at like 2 a.m., be up at like 9 a.m. class. So, oh, yeah, I was skipping that class for yeah, sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, I just love going to live shows, and I've definitely missed it with all of everything going on. With yeah, COVID. that's tough. Yeah, it's, it's been. Actually, next week will be a year since I've been <gasps> to a, a live show, which is crazy. Wait, I have been to a live show more recently than you. I was at a concert uh, like the 14th or whatever of oh, dang. March. Dang. Like r- literally like, a couple days yeah. before everything shut down. Yeah, like right before. Yeah, so it's been a while for me. So I'm definitely ready for those to, to come back again. Yeah, so speaking of – actually, this just kind of ties in everything – your business, live music, whatever. So um, one of the other things that you love to do is travel. And obviously COVID-19 has impacted every facet of everything that we just talked about because it affects everything. Yeah. So how has that been as a business owner who makes a most of your revenue, I'm assuming at least, from weddings, yeah. which have been postponed largely, mm-hmm. Um but not just as a business owner, also as someone that really loves to go see live concerts and really loves to travel. How, like, how have you, yeah, you know, it's, it's gone been, through that? It's been interesting. Yeah. Like the, the live music thing, it's like, I still, you know, listen to music all the time, which is not the same, but it's still like, it's cool to like find new bands and things like that. You're like, Oh, yeah. whenever like concerts are open again, like it's going to be really cool to go back. But and then the, the traveling thing, it's like, I, for a long time, I was like, Oh man, the only way to have an adventure, you have to go to the mountains. Mm-hmm. in Colorado or go to the coast like that's the only way to have an adventure and then I realized that there's so many cool places here in Missouri oh yeah that, I mean that are just yeah. incredible like the Ozark National Scenic Riverway is down south that has like all these natural springs and things like that like I mean that is just incredible we've actually done some cool project with Route 3 Films we did a cave tour down there that was pretty cool whoa like, yeah, so that was a cave cool. tour but that's... yeah it's just like uh, I don't know there's so many cool adventures and even I just since we moved to uh to St. Louis, since I moved to St. Louis, got an apartment like Castlewood's ten minutes from ten minutes from our apartment. Yeah. So you know, finding those adventures and being like, well, like these are really cool. Like everything, like even Missouri is really pretty too. You know, there's yeah. they're just a different kind of pretty. So I think yeah. just being like, all right, well, I need to to reevaluate because I can't just like not go on hikes. And there's so many cool hikes around here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna go do the hikes around here instead of being like, ah, you know, mountains. That's it. Yeah. mountains are best <laughs> to the west and back <laughs> to the yeah west this back. that that's it i feel like that's a deeper conversation we should probably unpack that yeah, in a full go, episode yeah, i think yeah that would be an interesting one yeah oh yeah for sure especially considering that i am not very well traveled yeah, and we're, we're, uh, gonna, we're gonna change that we're gonna go some cool some cool trips we're gonna go to the west and then we're gonna come and back <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come back and then we're gonna go back to the west <laughs> okay so i want to get technical really quick um you know, we've talked a lot about more abstract things, you know, you taking that big leap and, and starting a business, but something that a lot of freelance creatives struggle with is how to price their services. And you are a wedding photographer, but you also do a whole lot of other things. Pricing wedding photography is hard enough, It is, but you're doing like one-offs. You're, you have contracts with companies like how, what is your strategy, if you even have one, for coming up with a price to give someone? And how scary is that to present to them? <laughs> it's definitely very scary. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from Ryan at Route 3 because they have a lot of, you know, very unique projects to where, mm-hmm. you know, there's no 
you know, there's not a package deal, you know, right. like everybody has unique needs. And I feel like realizing that everyone has those unique needs kind of helps with the pricing. Cause you can kind of just be transparent with people and be like, you know, like I know what my time, like how I bill for that. Like, yep. what do you need? You know what I mean? Like yep. what's the most important things? Cause you know, some people, if you throw a big price at them, they're going to be like, no, I can't do that. But if you talk to them and be like, well, <laughs> I, well, well I can do yeah. like these like specific things out of that, you know, like I can mm. just shoot like, you know, like one photo session for you every month, you know, like right. that instead of doing like three films a month and five photo shoots or something like that. So there's still a way to find that um, balance where you can help people. And then mm -hmm. also it helps you too. Cause you know, you build those relationships and then eventually they might need a little bit more and kind of the price increases and things like that. So I think it's definitely scary. Oh yeah. I think it's more beneficial for all parties. Yeah. And, how, how about turning down clients when, when you clients, were, you're yeah. too expensive? Yeah. How's that? Yeah. It, it kind of goes both ways. Like sometimes like people, like their budgets aren't enough, but sometimes you come in a little bit over the top and it's like, I know you still have to know your worth and that mm -hmm. kind of thing and be like, all right, well, like this isn't a good fit now, but maybe next year, you know, this company might come back and be like, all right, we have the budget for it. So yep. it's all about being like, all right, yeah, you know, like right now we can't work together, but like, let's keep the communication open. Like, let's mm -hmm. talk and, you know, you can reach out to people. I mean, you can just email them and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, hope you're doing well and things like that. And just checking in with clients that you haven't gotten to work with yet because, mm -hmm. you know, you might have been a little bit too expensive. Just kind of keeping yourself top of mind with them is yeah. I feel like also important. You know, nothing pushy or anything like that. Just being like, hey, like, I'm still here if you need help. And it's all about, I feel like it's if you just help people. If yeah. You, if you want, if you have good intentions to help people, I feel like that's the, because then it doesn't feel salesy, you know? Right. Right. No one likes a, a salesperson. Yeah. You don't want to come in and be like, you know, like I'm the best and like, here's the price. It's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, triple what it should be and things <laughs> like that. It's like, if you come in, yeah. you're like, all right, I really want to help you. And I think that like the content that I create will help you. I think that that is, uh, you are like, the, you know, you're not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not salesy, but this is like a salesman script actually. Is help it? me help you. Yeah, help me help you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what is next what for is next? Alan Chago? Hmm. Well, I just started working with Main and Mill, like I said, doing some cool product photography for them. So I think product photography might be something that's interesting or creating mm -hmm. consistent content for those kinds of places like microbreweries or coffee shops or just, I love those kinds of places. Small businesses are awesome, you know? So yep. I love yep. to be able to help them and be like, and show them like all the cool content. Cause I feel like there's a lot of like, uh, you know, small businesses that have really cool stories to share and they need just to be, they need someone to help them tell that story. Oh yeah. So I think I'm excited to work with some, like some of those small businesses and like create content that kind of elevates their brand so they can, you know, be more successful and just mm -hmm. have that really like professional look to their, to their con like inconsistency. I feel like that's another big thing that we could probably do a whole episode on is consistency. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. like, you know, like sometimes your photos might not be like, or my photos might not be like the greatest photos ever taken, mm -hmm. you know, like that. But it's like, if you, if you're consistent with your style mm -hmm. and your timing, like, you know, like editing, you don't take three months to turn around something <laughs> and they're like, well, we yeah. need that two months ago. But right. so thanks for, you know, it's like, if you're consistent with your, how you shoot and everything like that. I think that's also important. Yeah. So that was kind of just like a little side tangent, but no, that's good. What, what, what do you think is, I mean, I know you've learned a lot. What do you think is like your biggest lesson that you've learned along the way? Hmm, dang. Hmm. I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough the biggest one. lesson I've learned so far. See, this is how your guests felt. I know. Yeah. Season yeah. one. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, well, I, I understand <laughs> now. Um, the biggest lesson 
probably that it's okay to say no. I feel like mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like sometimes people will find your website and be like, Hey, can you shoot this thing? And you're like, I'm like, I, you know, I just really, that's not really up my brand. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> God, he said brand. <laughs> <laughs> scratch <laughs> no uh, it's like not really like something that i do consistently you know yeah. like, or like and it's also learning that like when you say those things if people are like hey can you you know i've get i've get people that say hey can you film a whole ceremony and everything like that film mm-hmm. the ceremony with audio and reception mm-hmm. and make like a full documentary of it and i just tell them like that's not really my style and that's not what i'm good at because it's yep. just me on most of those shoots yeah, that's hard. So it's like, then it's like, if you say, oh yeah, for sure, I can do that, you know? And then you're like super stressed out and then you have to rent all this gear. Mm-hmm. And then the product probably isn't going to be as good as someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just recommend, you know, companies that I know are good at that. Yeah. Because then it's like, it kind of just takes that stress off of you and them. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're like, I yeah, I've never done that before, but yeah, sure, let's go. You know, let's give it a try <laughs> on your wedding day. It's not really a, yeah. a good testing ground. Oh yeah. So no. I think, yeah, just like saying no and learning what's a good fit for me Yeah, is, is uh, probably the biggest lesson. That is a very good lesson. Yeah. I like that. Yes. Well, Alan Chago, this has been an absolute pleasure. It's been Thank fun. you so much for being the first guest of season two of your own podcast. I know. It's cool. I get to be a guest on my own podcast. <laughs> this is great. Yes. This has been a lot of fun. So now that you're not a guest on your own podcast anymore, maybe we could talk about what is in store for season two. Heck yeah. I'm super excited. It's going to be fun. And I just want to say thank you for agreeing to be the co-host. I've uh, oh. always been inspired by you. So I'm excited oh. to be teaming up together. Don't make me cry. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. But yeah, it's, it's going to be, be it's going to be a cool second season. We got a cool new setup here uh, with some cool microphones and things like that. And we have some cool guests lined up. And then we're also going to just do episodes with just me and Nick as well, where we kind have topics that we'll cover and talk about and different things like that. That's right. We've got some great guests on the way, starting with one of my dear friends and an amazing, I'm going to call her wonderlust stricken photographer, Rachel McMillan. She's our guest for episode two, which is available now. So go listen to it. Go check it out. But yeah, I'm excited. Rachel's awesome. She just launched a new website as well. So we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to link that up because that's pretty sweet. It's an awesome website. Yeah. And so one cool thing that we're going to do for every podcast is end with a little discussion about music that we're listening to. I just want to say real quick, I discovered something called statsforspotify.com and they did not sponsor this. We're not getting paid. That sounds like an ad. (laughs) (laughs) But if you log into your Spotify on this website, it'll show you up to date, like basically real time, your top tracks and your top artists separated by the last four weeks, the last six months and all time. And it's kind of surprising actually, because you know, I, you know that I'm a huge fan of Quinn 92. Like, yeah. And that's your guy. He is always, you know, my most listened to artist of the year. Not always, but the last couple of years. And, um, I was shocked to log in and see that he had been bumped from the number one spot for my top artists of the last four weeks. So if you don't know who to talk about, about, you know, who's on your radar, who you've been listening to, check that out. I will say someone I'm absolutely in love with right now. Two people, actually. One is Marcos G. He's kind of like R&B-ish, but like not exactly. 
Because I'm not a huge R&B fan. Maybe I am an R&B fan because I like Marky Basie too. Yeah, I think I think you could be classified as an R&B fan. Wow, weird. Rhythm and Blues. Heck yeah. <laughs> also, Rents. R-E-N-C-E, not R-E-N-T-S. He is new to the game, fairly new. Very good. He has a song with Marcos G. And I also found out recently that we have a mutual friend. Nice. Like someone I know knows him. So I think we're going to need to like get him on here. I think, I think he needs to be on the podcast. I think he does. Rents. Yeah. We're coming for you. <laughs> He's like, definitely not coming on that podcast. No, not after that. Not He's after like, that. He's like, block, block, block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting too, the, uh, the end of every segment talking about music. Cause I feel like, I mean, we have cons- like similar tastes, you know, I love Quinn as well, but I think mm-hmm. we definitely have some, uh, some different tastes, you know, we, um, I, I have like, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of stuck in the emo days a little bit, like a little punk rock. <laughs> oh, here yeah, that, you yeah, know yeah. What I mean? you definitely are. Yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, so one band you should check out, they're called The Rex and they are awesome. I actually saw their first ever show. They played their first show, I believe in St. Louis. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. It's been a while since I've seen that sh- or we've been to that show. They're going to respond to this and be like, um, can you please like get our name out your mouth yeah. unless you're going to tell the right yeah, story. Yeah, the right story. They're like, get it right. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're awesome. The Rex, they're awesome. They're so good. And they always have a different style. So every kind of song is always kind of crazy and different, which Love is that. cool. They used to be, they started out like more of like a rock band, but now it's kind of like they incorporate pop stuff. And I think the lead singer was like hanging out with Hoodie Allen at one point. So what on earth? Like, so I, you know, you know what's weird? I feel like I've heard that about so many people like, oh yeah, they know Hoodie Allen. Yeah, I feel like- Why I, does like, everyone know Hoodie Allen? Hoodie's awesome. I saw Hoodie Allen in uh, Peoria and mm. he was just behind the mer- like his merch booth, you know, selling merch, you know. I bought a hat and he handed it to me and took the money and all that He took stuff. the money? Yeah. He was doing, he's he's awesome, dude. He, what? Does, he does all of his own stuff. No. He, yeah, he's like independent and Okay, awesome. but like that, he took the money? Yeah, he like was doing everything. He was awesome. I don't know why that's the part that baffles yeah. me. You're like, money, what? <laughs> but yeah, so that's the plan. We're going to end every episode talking about music that we love and the thing that you should go check out. Oh, and also the Rex have a new song out with a band called Good Boy Daisy, and it is awesome. It's climbing to my on repeat, uh, oh. very uh, tippy top. So it's awesome. So definitely, I think it'll be on the, the Rex page too. So check that one out too. Cool. So that's it for the debut episode of season two of To the West and Back. Episode two with Rachel is now available wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, it is. And check us out on Instagram at Shago Studios and at Nick Tyler Smith. For more information about us, as well as previews for upcoming shows, visit us online at tothewestandback.com. Dang, we're so official. We have a website. Hey, 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 hey. Ooh, ooh. Website, website, website. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 